Sean T, and it's time to trust and believe. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Joe, what's up? What's up, Sean, man? Hey, how are you doing? Man, I'm, I'm good. I'm good today. I just finished working out. Uh, and Shanti kicked my ass. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. one of those things. People think it's, I get a lot of questions sometimes of people asking, do you do your own workouts? I'm like, I wouldn't make you do it if I wasn't doing it. Like, hello. Right. You know? Right. No, that's that's like the number one rule of a great coach is is doing what, whatever you're going to make somebody do. You've got to have done it yourself. It is a necessity for me. Like, I just can't even think about not doing that, especially when I ask other people to do it, you know. Right. And it's, it's just this such essential, it's just such an essential part of being. And I'll tell you what, I'll be totally honest with you. It's Monday right now. And I've been indoors. I just got so caught up with emails and all sorts of things today that I didn't get my workout in. So it's the first thing I'm going to do after this show. But as well, I'm sure we'll kind of dive into on this podcast. It's just, for me, it is just, it is the prerequisite to thinking clearly, loving deeply, connecting, putting my best any, best anything into whatever it is I'm doing. Mm-hmm. It's without that exercise and that self-care, it's very hard to be your best self. And um, it's just something that I think, you know, I walked the dog today and it's something that, you know, we all look at our dogs and if our dogs are misbehaving, it's like, well, he we just didn't get his walk today. But we never think about that as it relates to ourselves. And it's just so darn true. I like what you just said, because there's a couple of things that you and I have in common. One is being 85% healthy and 15% fun in life. Did you know that we had that in common? I, I didn't. I watched a whole bunch of your stuff recently, though, and that's when I really felt like this was going to be just such an amazing conversation because I think sometimes people might think we come from other opposite ends of the spectrum, right, in some respects as it relates to exercise. But I think as we'll dive into on this show, we have more in common than we, than we have different. Yes. So tell me about 85% healthy, 15% fun life. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, there's so much, I have a saying that it's healthy until it's stressful. Right. And I'm, and uh, I'm a guy that, you know, I've, I've had a kind of an interesting journey. You know, I, I've always been involved with sports and activity, but I had a massive setback and that was a fractured skull and a traumatic brain injury. And this, this period of my life that, that really took about a decade to manifest. 
But when it did, it really, really shook the ground I walked on, and it really helped me put into perspective what I was doing, and more importantly, the why behind what I was doing. And I started to realize that when we're on the pursuit of health or fitness or both or wellness, we generally want to just feel better in our bodies. Sometimes the interventions or the things that we do, and it doesn't matter if it's a diet or an exercise program, uh, if we go into that thing and the why gets skewed, or the relationship with that activity or diet gets skewed. And, and that's most probably frequently the diet exercise thing, where if I'm exercising hard enough, you know, I can kind of eat what I want to eat. But the slippery slope becomes when, when there begins to be feelings of overwhelm or shame related to any activity we're doing for our health. And that slippery slope can very quickly start pushing your health in the opposite direction. So when we think 85%, uh, you know, 85% hard work, 85% fit, 85% healthy, 15% fun, 15% disconnected, 15% self, 15% other. Uh, It really helps us to calibrate that 85%. And so I think that's that's what we're trying to do here, man, is to make sure people stay connected with the why behind what they're doing and that the relationship that they have with themselves and the activity stays what what it should be for, for optimal health. But speaking of, and speaking of, connectedness and really just having a great relationship with yourself uh you have this really great thing that i didn't even think about until i was obviously doing more research about you which is you have this prerequisite to exercise which is happiness that is like because you know i try to help people understand that when you walk into your exercise routine or whatever it is that you're going to do that day no matter how tough it is, you have to congratulate yourself for taking those initial steps to press play or to walk into that gym or to step outside if you're going to run. And to me, I've always been like, you know, the prerequisite is the internal power. You have internal power to to go for and you have to have that foundation and be happy with the foundation of your commitment but you have this prerequisite of happiness and I'm so into it. So tell me more about that. Yeah, man. And, and it's this sort of, it's this sort of thing where there's a, there's a quote and it it says, you know, the ironic thing is once I accept myself, I can change. Mm. And I think we, we run around trying to make ourselves better and we try to make ourselves we try to shame ourselves into health a lot of the times and there's this certain there's this certain prerequisite to health and that is wellness and so i think one of the interesting things when we look out on the fitness industry we see fitness we see health we see wellness and i think a lot of us might think those are all the same thing but you and i know there are plenty of people that are very well Maybe, but they might be in a hospital bed, but mentally they're well, but they're not healthy. Mm. And there's people, and, and wellness in many cases is synonymous with happiness or inner, or, or, or interconnectedness or, uh, or, or what happens when you close your eyes. That's wellness, right? And I think so much of us, so many of us, we, we chase fitness, but we we really want to be happy. We really want to feel good in our body. And we can have that 
without fitness. But the more important thing to realize is when we have that as a prerequisite and we, we quiet the mind, we spend mm. some time working in, it makes the fitness actually come easier. The reason it's a prerequisite is because the body functions far more optimally when it's happy with itself, when it's connected to itself, when it knows the why behind that, that harsh physical activity. And I think over the years, I've met a lot of really fit people that were not very healthy and not very well. And there's massive plateaus in performance, even in professional athletes, that the only way to break through them is to get well, is to get happy, is to spend some time connecting with yourself. Honestly, hands on the heart breathing for five minutes is one of the best medicines that I think we all have. And many of us, quote, don't have time to do it, but it is the most powerful, powerful exercise we have. And that's growing ourselves fit from the inside out. As I, as I hear that, you know, we talk a lot about meditation now and, and I love the apps that they have and just that connectedness that, you know, I think the, the wellness world is trying to help people understand, which is become one with yourself, become one with your breath, you know, just kind of like having that moment of time in a day. And, you know, for the longest time, I, I, I had a hard time explaining to people why I liked being alone a lot and why I'm not a person. This might sound a little weird, but I don't think you're, you're going to think I'm weird. Um, why I don't personally, personally like working at a computer. I'm not mm-hmm. a person that like types up what I'm going to talk about and writes up a document a lot of times. For me, I'm most productive if I'm sitting and I'm just thinking and I'm literally feeling the message that I want to say, it be, it's so much more powerful than what, 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 what happens to me, which is if I make a bunch of notes, I have this photographic memory, I will start speaking from notes that are photographed in my mind instead of speaking from feeling. And so when you talk about that connectedness, whenever I go speak to someone or speak to a group of people, wherever it is, I walk in feeling the message instead of seeing the message and reading the message. And so that's why I really love how, you know, hand on the heart, the whole being connected to yourself before you even begin anything is really great. And so, listen, a lot of people are going to be like, okay, all right, Joe, like you sound great. Like this all sounds great. But I believe that everyone has a story and this came from somewhere so Mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about your story where were you I always like to say the depths of despair where you were like you know what like I have to dig so deep and I have to trust and believe myself to get out of this situation or to progress through this barrier right and I would say that it was around uh, 2007 2008 it was uh, about 10 years after I had this traumatic brain injury, fractured skull, and I had made a quote full recovery. But suddenly I felt terrible inside and out. I was probably the fittest I've ever been, but I was the sickest I've ever been. Mm. I was burning the candle at both ends, running a lot. And it took this, the thing about head injuries, they're just so wild and crazy. There's, there's so many different, um, 
problems that can arise. And, and for me, the first symptom was I wasn't walking in a straight line. So if you and I were walking next to each other, it was the first thing that was like, what is wrong with me? I have no ability. It was like my alignment was off. And, um, it very quickly, I started going through the rounds of doctors and, uh, a lot of them thought it was, you know, I was crazy. And the, the rest said, you know, it's, it's related to this head trauma you had and here's what's going on. And here's what the CAT scan says. And, and, you know, you're going to be Michael J. Fox by the time you're 30. And I was 24. And that is a very challenging for an active, fit, happy person. It's a very hard thing to hear. And I think that nowadays, I think there's people and I've seen a similar sort of um, prognosis in different types of people. Someone goes in and, you know, maybe they've got bad knees, Sean, and, and the doc says, you know, you've got bad knees. You really can't do Sean's workouts anymore. And, and someone takes that so deeply that it, it starts to identify them and they start to identify with it. And it creates a cascade of, of very, very sort of lone, it creates loneliness. It creates isolation. And ironically, you know, I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do with my life at, the, at that point. And, and the reason I was in such despair, I think, is, is that I had just begun my personal training career. And I felt like I looked really good. I performed pretty good. But I realized a lot of my identity was like, yeah, my arms are pretty, I'm pretty strong. And, you know, and I think that when I started to look at the prognosis and if this was going to continue, what is my body going to look like? And I started to identify with this loss of this physical body that I'd been working so hard on. And how am I going to keep my job? And all of a sudden, just the thoughts just went crazy. And my, my business was pretty successful at the time. And this is where I kind of found meditation. I'll, I'll fast forward here, but I ended up leaving everything. I, I had a very successful personal training business. I walked away. I moved to the, to the Caribbean. I moved to the island of St. John. And I was like, hey, man, if my life's going to suck and I'm going to be Michael J. Fox by 30 and I don't know how long I'm going to be on this planet, like I'm going to go enjoy myself. I'm going to go teach snorkeling lessons and sit on the beach. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, I'm going to go live my best life for real. For real. Because and that is true. Like a lot of people, you know, it's it's just interesting even how you just said, I just up, I left my personal training business. You know, there are a lot of people that would be like, oh my gosh, like why would you do that? But when you are connected and you put, put things into perspective and, you know, obviously, you know, not that you were operating off of fear, but, you know, fear from doctors, you have to like take all of that and input it into your psyche, your emotional system, your wellness system, your his- the entire history of what you know and your experiences. And you have to be like, listen, what am I going to do? Or at least you say, what am I going to do to really take this and like, how do I maximize my life? So right. I commend you on being like, yo, peace out to y'all. Because, <laughs> you know, like this is life. You're like we here, we're here one time. And so I just think I just wanted to commend you on that because that's not an easy yeah. thing to do. But it's not. And but here's the ironic thing, Sean. And this is that this was you know a valuable lesson in my own life is that when I left it all, I, I left. I think I had like fifteen hundred bucks in my pocket. Didn't know how long I was going to go for. And what I ended up doing was I went down to the beach every morning and I meditated for however long. I could sit there and I listened to, you know, I got Tony Robbins 30 day personal power program and I had all sorts of things like this. But more importantly, I spent a lot of time by myself, like you just said, and, and in my, in my own quiet. 
And the ironic thing and the weird thing was, was the more I kind of made space in my own mind. So when I was back home, my brain was full of fears and anxieties and worries. And it's not that they went away, but when I quieted, it made space for inexplicable positive energy to come in. Mm. It was like the positive energy was there, but there were so many things piled on top of it that it was like clouds in the sky. The sun's always out, but there was too many clouds. And so the weird thing was after I went down there for a few months, I decided to come home. And when I did, I opened my first fitness center. It's called ultimate athlete. And I'll tell you what, in three or four months after returning home, my business was more successful than it had ever, ever been. Wow. And, and it was because I cleared the clouds, the sun was out, and I was able to radiate some of that energy to my clients, many of whom our biggest fear as personal trainers or, or, or it's, it's to leave that security. But the interesting was, was when I left it behind, it was waiting for me when I came back. And there was so much more that I didn't even know was there because I didn't have space for it. So it was a really interesting experience. And the last thing I'll say, Sean, and throw you the ball back is I am more fit now than I probably was then. And I'm still dealing with minor things. But as long as I keep moving, as long as I keep my head in the right place, as long as I keep nourishing my body with with nutrients and don't eat bad foods. And, you know, it changed my whole relationship with food because when you – drink something like, you know, um, that maybe isn't or drink too much and it takes you two to three days to get back to your best self, then it changes your relationship. And when you do decide to have that drink, maybe 15% of the time, right? You can, you can govern it better. You start to maybe make sure you're drinking something that's going to be less damaging. Maybe you, you make sure it's really when you're with your family and friends that mean the world to you so that the hit to your health is going to be worth it from the, from the uplifting uh, environment or people that you're with. So the whole relationship can really change and, and make space for a lot of goodness. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's so interesting how you kind of transitioned into food because that was where I was going to go with you. Because, But first, I wanted to say something that you said that was really great, especially when you went back and started a new business and it thrived more. I think that uh, one of the things, at least that you experienced on the beach, meditating with yourself, and then I feel like that energy carried on to your new business through you and that is I have a truth bomb that says fit doesn't have a size it has a mentality and a lot of times people stop at what they're afraid of what they're afraid that they can do or they stop at well I have a six pack so I'm fine and I feel like by you connecting with yourself and you being the leader or spearheading this newness which you probably did subconsciously really you know 
people are feeling the energy. And, you know, a lot of people don't really, they hear energy and they're just like, oh, that's kind of weird. But I'm a big believer in energy and the energy you give off and like how it attracts to other people. And so I also believe that's one of the reasons why I've been successful. I'm not the most ripped person. I'm pretty damn fly, but I'm not the most <laughs> ripped. I'm not the tallest. You know, I don't have the biggest thighs. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm not that guy. However, I believe that what I like to call my fit fan or my dig deeper nation, I believe that they understand my desire to want them to succeed is in that. And I think what's similar is that you are people who walk into, were walking into that facility or experiencing you, they can tell that you really cared and you're their biggest fan. And that's what's, it's just amazing and remarkable how, you know, a small change of the dial and commitment and new focus can really transition into other people's lives and help them, you know, feel better about who they are. Uh, but speaking of feeling better, food makes us feel. I'm not going to say better or worse because sometimes it makes you feel better or worse. Food makes us feel. And I would love to know your philosophy on food. Like you can be as detailed as you want or, or as, you know, broad as you want. But, you know, just by talking to you, I can tell like you put really quality things in your body because your mental energy and is just really strong and powerful. So I would love to dive in a little more about that. Yeah, 100% Sean. And, and, I, and I'll say you you hit the nail on the head with the, uh, when, when, especially in the fitness industry. And, and I'll say one thing, Sean, is that your six packs a lot better than mine. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're some a pretty day, good Someday, someday. <laughs> yeah. No, no, a couple extra donuts got a problem, but yeah. yeah but, but, <laughs> but you hit the nail on the head, Sean. Is is that? And it's where this podcast started, and that's that. In the beginning, when I became a personal trainer, I associated uh, the my value as being, you know, look at me. Mm-hmm. In some regard, and. It's not that that doesn't matter. I think a personal trainer, for the most part, should be in some in some decent physical condition. And my guess, I mean, but maybe there's coach. I know there's coaches that that maybe aren't. But the most important thing is, if you have a job to do and it's to help somebody get healthier and fitter, it doesn't matter what you look like. But it is that it's that value that you're bringing, the energy that you're giving. It's another definition of wellness is the effect you have on other people. So if somebody is well, it doesn't matter if they're in a hospital bed, they're not healthy. If someone walks in the room and feels an uplifting energy, that person has, they're exuding that wellness. And so as a coach, as a trainer, it is vitally important. And and I spent a bunch of years training exercise professionals. And I used to say, you know, sometimes our clients are going to come in at 75%. And that means we've got to be at 125%. We've got to be Shanti. Shanti's at 200% all the time. You can come in at zero. But Back to diet. I think that there's a couple of things here that I, that I think I hold really true. Number one is, you know, how do you feel? How do you sleep? How do you, how do you poop? Those three things, <laughs> if, you're, if you're eating well, hopefully I can say that. If you're oh, eating You can say well, anything here. This is a free space. Trust, <laughs> believe. trust and you, believe. You can say whatever you want. Trust and believe. If you're eating well, if you need to know what diet is best for you, how do you feel? How do you sleep? How do you poop? And if you can answer those three questions uh, with a with a thumbs up, then you're doing pretty well. But if the sleep is messed up, the digestion's messed up, then that's when it's like, okay, what what am maybe I eating? What am I eating that maybe could be messing myself up? Now, as it relates to my own personal approach, there's there's two important variables here. There's, number one. 
I, I do focus on nutrient density a lot, right? So I eat beef liver, I eat egg yolks, I eat foods, I eat, my wife is vegan, and so we eat a ton of plants as well. Um, so when, I, when we have animal products, uh, they're always the most nutrient-dense foods that we can get. Now, there's two other, the, I think the bigger piece here is that, you know, you might be able to tell, I have an Italian background, and I grew up eating meatballs and pasta and, and all of these foods that are are not so good for us anymore. They're the foods that we want to get rid of. And I think that there's there's this element where um, we need to understand, we need to appreciate the role that food plays in our life. And now if, if we're not passing the feel, poop, sleep test, then we might need to do something extreme to get ourselves out of that predicament. As we begin to feel, eat, and poop a little bit better, now we we have we earn the right to explore just a little bit more and, and make the most maybe of that 15%. If I am with my mother and my mother uh, cooked a meal for us and, and it's got some pasta and you know it's got some of this or some of that, foods that maybe if I was home by myself I wouldn't be making, you know what, I'll eat it. And you know what though, I'll bless it. I'll actually put my hands over the food and just say, mom, like, thank you so much. Like you put your love in this, you put your time into this. This is our, this is our culture. This is our, this is our food. This is what we're nourishing our body with. And food can have so much more than just calories, macros, and micros, right? It can have so much more than that. It can actually have love inside of it. And so there's a certain, I think there's a certain like, pasteurization of our beliefs where we think that food is just fuel but in many ways it can carry a lot more weight than that in terms of our health so uh in in summary i think nutrient density is paramount we need we need healthy foods we need local foods the more local the better because you know what if it's an avocado is great but if it spent two and a half weeks getting into the country and two and a half more weeks getting to your grocery store and another week on the shelf then it might not be as um as 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 high vibration as maybe we would like so we're we're lucky you know you're in arizona i'm in la most of the time i'm in europe right now but I think the more nutrient-dense foods we can get, which predominantly that means the more local foods we can get, the more nourishing they're going to be for our bodies. And the more time we spend eating those foods, the more we can earn the right to go into that 15% a little bit. And, um, and I, I suppose the last thing I'll say, Sean, is that wherever you are, so wherever you are and wherever your listeners live and uh, wherever you may be traveling, that's always the question, what is the most nutrient-dense food available? So right now, you know, in Europe, I'm, I'm, eating, I'm eating a lot of uh, animal products because I can get just incredible Irish meats and, and uh, French cheeses and hard cheeses. And I can get some really high quality. I can get raw dairy from France, and France's food standards are really high. Uh, I'm not eating as many vegetables right now. Because I don't find that the vegetables I'm able to find are the caliber that that I would uh, love to eat. So I'm actually doing some like green powders and and uh, some products like that. But when I'm in LA, I'm eating 
more vegetables than a vegetarian. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's the, does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. I, um, <laughs> but I want to talk about something cause you know, we kind of, you asked if you could say this on trust and believe. I want to talk about poop and uh, <laughs> people might think that's weird. And I'm, and, and how it relates to 85% healthy, 15% fun. And I'm glad you brought it up because I am like as regular as regular can be. I literally go to the bathroom, number two, at the same time. It's like a train schedule. <laughs> it's a train schedule. The train is never late. And what's very interesting is that it is my alarm clock, to be quite honest. Like going, my number two, going to the yeah. bathroom is my alarm clock every single day without fail. And I go like three times before eight o'clock. It's so crazy, you know, unless I have to like, I'm, my kids are running around and then I'm like, shit, I got to push it to eight twenty after a team call or something, but yeah. which I don't like to do. Yeah. Um, but I love how you relate that because it, it, you know, it even helps me because I'm just like, I know I'm getting the correct amount of vegetables the correct amount of the right um, type of meats. Uh, just I drink about at probably six of these a day. Right. You know, it is right. I mean, it's unreal. You probably see I drink a couple. Like I, I drink about six of these a day. And there was at one point, and I spoke about this previously on my podcast, I had like bad um, anxiety in terms of gut health. Uh, because I had a friend that was diagnosed with colon cancer, you know, people in my family had cancer. So I was like very, very, um, I just had like really bad anxiety, like hypochondria to the max. It was really bad. Um, uh, is that what it is? Yeah. Hypochondriac. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I just wanted to make sure. Um, so anyway, but then, you know, once I, you know, worked through that and I was, I started drinking a lot more water, drink, eating a ton more vegetables just for my brain and my, my, my mental health in terms of like how it goes with my digestion. And anyway, I just, I just think that's amazing because now I think like, yeah, like my digestive system, even on Fridays when I have donuts and sometimes on Sunday too, you know, I'm good because 85% of the time my foods are really great. So I'm, I'm glad you kind of talked about poop because people should really, really look at that as a, as kind of like a, a staple in their health, or just kind of like a warning sign too, if you will. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Sean, you, you raised a really great point and that's that nutrition. One of the reasons why nutrition over the past couple of decades has received so much attention and there are so many diets and there's this diet worked for this person and this diet worked for this person. The reason behind that is human physiology, health, and wellness is a very complicated, chaotic even, system. There's a lot of variables. There's stress, right? There's the stress of jobs, the stress of relationships, the stress you talked about. You've got a, you know, a diagnosis in the family or a close friend. Stress comes in all forms. Even a lot of exercise can be a stress. Now, when we look at the entire picture, nutrition is this variable that we can always control, but we can't always control our boss, the, the relationships in our life, the stressors, the news. We can't control CNN. So nutrition gets a lot of attention, but to your point, it's only because it's the thing that we can always control 
but that doesn't mean it's the most important. So you saw changes in your gut when your anxiety started to rise due to completely extraneous matters that have nothing to do with your quote nutrition, Mm. because the stress of those things caused a nervous system response that decreased some of the blood flow to the gut, inhibited some of the digestion that was happening, slowed down your poop, and that probably messed up your sleep too. And so now it's this thing. And that's why when we ask ourselves, feel, poop, sleep, it's like a lie detector test. And when we go back and we focus on the foods that make sure that we can poop well, those foods can change over time because as those stressors went away for you, as you started to realize that you were healthy as hell, you started to be able to eat those donuts on Friday again Mm -hmm. because you had space for it. But the more stress that we have on my intake for new clients, the first question is like, do you consider yourself, uh, do you consider your life not stressful, very stressful, (laughs) you know, because rated on a scale of one to five, because I know that the more stressful you think your life might be, probably the stricter you're going to have to be with your nutrition because we can't afford any stress in that area. Now, we could go down a whole rabbit hole of like, <laughs> if you really need fun and et cetera. But, um, but I think that's a really unique piece. And that is why I'll wrap this up. That is why sometimes uh, a food might drive you crazy this week. Donuts might drive you crazy this week because you've got a lot on your mind. But six months from now, you can, you can get away with it. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Yep. So, Joe, I really like you. And I have other questions that I'm going to ask after these three questions. But there's something about you that I'm like, sometimes I'm interviewing someone like you who is like mad cool. And I'm like, I have some questions that have nothing to do with health because I feel like I just need to fly over there and hang out with you for the afternoon. But I can't. (laughs) So I'm going to do it here. All right. This is so random. This is so random. But this is what I'm feeling. Uh, I want to know, it's just a three-part question, three questions rolled into one. What is the best thing that's ever happened to you, the worst thing that's ever happened to you, and the most influential person you met that's, that has impacted your life? Best thing that's ever happened, worst thing that's ever happened, and most influential person that's affected or enhanced your life? Right. Well, Sean, uh, (laughs) you know what's so funny about that is that I would say, uh, I would say that the worst thing 
that has ever happened to me is fracturing my skull and having a traumatic brain injury and surgery, but actually it turned into the best thing. So sometimes uh, in the moment, we think something is really, really bad, but we don't really have any idea what that thing might teach us. Okay, and so that's with me, I think it was the worst thing that ever happened to me for, a, for the majority of my life. But now, as I help people get healthy and fit and happy, it's lessons that I learned through battling myself back from that thing. And now I'm doing good that I never would have had the perspective to do. So that's that. I think that it was once the bad, the worst thing, and it turned into the best thing. I think the most influential people in my life, or the most, there's, there's two. One of them is uh, Dr. Peter Pococo, who was basically the first doctor who really believed in me and told me to get my head out of the gutter and just get to work. And he called me out because I was showing up when I was rehabbing. I was showing up every day, but that's all I was doing. I was showing up and going through the motions. I you wasn't were physically there, but not mentally there. And he called me out and he was like, hey, dude, like, it's not about showing up. 99% of success isn't showing up. It's wanting to be here. It's doing it for the right reason. So I would say Dr. Peter Prococo. And the other one, the other most influential person is probably my, my wife, Amelia, who has taught me a tremendous amount about life. And I'll tell you a quick story. We, we met in uh, Austin, Texas, and literally it was love at first sight for me, probably like ninth or tenth sight for her. But um, I I said to my buddy, I was with a a friend and I was like, I'm going to marry her. She's, I swear to God. And it was like, we had only met five seconds ago. And, um, but she taught me so much about uh, living mindfully. And I had already been in the meditation world and breath work and everything else. But, but she knit a lot of it together for me. It really helped me connect dots and see broader pictures and, and focus on communication. And um, I think that has helped me in our relationship, of course, but it's helped me in every relationship in my life. You know, there are people out there, so I have this group called The Safe Space, and they they get me to the max. Like, they know, yeah. some people call it a sixth sense. For me, I don't know what it is, but I feel people in, like, such a powerful way. So the reason, like, something told me to ask you that question because I was like, there's, like, I'm feeling something with you that's very similar to me, but my sexual abuse, you know, I'm a sexual abuse survivor as a kid, and that was the worst thing that happened to me, but it's the reason why I'm able to be who I am today. So that's the one thing that I was just like, I I need to know this, you know? And then the second thing is, I fell in love with Scott, my husband, three steps after I met him. I'm like, yo, this like, but there's a lot of people that's like, oh, I don't believe in love at first sight. Or I don't believe in love at first feel, if you will. And so I just knew it was something, man. Like, I, I don't know. I just felt something with you that I'm like, <laughs> so anyway, that's, I just wanted to get through that because if I would have stopped talking to you or stopped being able to ask you questions, I'm just like, I had to get that out because it just... I just felt it, like your energy there, you know? Yeah, man. No, and, and that's that's amazing. So tell me about your love at first sight story, Sean, if you can. Yeah, so, I mean, I'll keep it real. So I met Scott in New York City. It was midnight, and, you know, we were just like, hey, let's, you know, let's meet up or whatever. And I remember instead of walking up 9th Avenue to 58th Street, because he's like, I'll meet you on the corner of 58th and 9th or whatever. 
was like, okay, I actually went and walked up 10th Avenue because I was just like, I don't want him to see me. Like, I want to see, I want to, you know what I mean? It was like a blind date, if you will. Yeah, okay. So, ish. So, um, so anyway, I'm walking, I'm crossing over 58th Street and I see him sitting on the um, windowsill outside stoop of the CVS. And even from like 45 feet away, I was like, he had a hat on, a, a, a North Face jacket on, jeans. Like you couldn't see his body. You could, really couldn't see his face. But there was something that I was just like, are you kidding me right now? And then I walked up to him. We said hello. And we started walking. And I swear to you, three steps. I was like, I'm going to be with this person forever. I'm, it sounds so crazy, but I knew. I was like, this is it. And so later on, like maybe a, a couple of weeks later, you know, he said to me, he was like, I knew from the from that very, as soon as we started walking that, like I knew this was going to be. So it was just, it was just really interesting. And, and um, anyway, thanks for letting me share that because I, I just wanted to know yours, your well, story. Yeah, man, it's powerful. And it's one of these things where like life is about energy. And sometimes there's an inexplicable force and and it's not sometimes it's always but sometimes we're so focused on what's happening in our head that we don't that we don't feel it right but it's you know you watch the um you know you can watch uh, any animal and they're pure energy you know a dog barks at another dog because it doesn't it doesn't know why it doesn't like that dog but there's something about that dog and this happens and it's just the opposite as well a dog will go running up to somebody because you know they they just can sense that they're an amazing person. Mm-hmm. And again, not to bring it back to, to dogs all the time, but it's like we are energetic creatures. And it's the more we can, the more we can connect, the more we can calm the mind, the more that we can make space, the more we can feel these things. And I have a very similar story. You know, it was like, boom, smack me. And I never believed in that. At you, before Amelia, no way. I didn't even know if I believed in love, never mind wow. love at first sight. And then it was like, you know, Mike Tyson knocked me right over. So wow. I think when we make space, just like you did, uh, then this energy can really flow and really be powerful and it's inexplicable. And that's like a so cool. wonderful thing. Well, yeah, I just man. think it's so cool you, you say make space because in actuality, that's what I did in order to make this well make a situation happen and then be able to be able to allow yourself to feel somebody or something if there's no space there because if you are walking around and you're super stressed like if that day I was super stressed and I was had a lot going on and my my life wasn't clear enough to be able to be in that space it wouldn't happen you know so I love how you say that speaking of making space I think that um you you also talk about something that's really great, which is optimizing versus maximizing. And t- talk to me a little bit about that, because I find that to be so empowering, just optimize versus maximize in general. So like, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, so, so this is an idea where a lot of us, we get something in our head. And it might be, um, it might be, I want to be a millionaire. I want to have a million dollars in my bank account by the time I'm 45. Uh, it could be, I'm going to go on this new diet and I'm going to be perfect and I'm going to never make a mistake and I'm never going to eat another piece of chocolate. Whatever the case may be, sometimes when we chase things that maybe we call them goals, 
like I said earlier, physiology, health is a pretty chaotic system. There's a lot of variables. We focus on nutrition because it's something we can control. Now, when we maximize something like nutrition, we don't always know all the pieces of the puzzle that are attached to that thing. Mm. Okay. So you might love, um, you know, somebody might love chocolate because their grandmother made the best chocolate and they don't know that deep inside their brain, that chocolate is love. That chocolate is their grandmother's love. And they decide to go on a diet and they decide to cut chocolate. And now they don't have that love in their life. And they don't realize that that love was propping up their ability to go to work. Mm. So when we maximize, and, and in the other example where maybe somebody's like, I'm going to work on, you know, Wall Street and I'm going to sit there till I make a million dollars. They might make a million dollars at the expense of their health. They might make a million dollars and by the time they get there, you know, their wife or husband doesn't like them anymore. So there's this risk we take on when we decide to chase one thing at the expense of everything else. Mm. And it's not to say that goals are not good. It's not to say that, but having an ongoing and somewhat fluid awareness of, of all things and, and doing our best to know or, or intuit what is connected to what, sometimes when we optimize, we get much better results. So in other words, optimizing uh, as opposed to maximizing means chasing a goal, but not at the expense of others. So if I want to work my butt off until I make a million dollars, I might set a a rule that I can't work after 7 p.m. So I might get to a million dollars faster if I let myself work all night, every night but I want to make sure I'm alive when I get there. Mm. So we can chase goals, but optimizing means what, what protective measures am I going to take to make sure that I don't maximize at the expense of other related, but not seeming seemingly related pieces of the puzzle. And um, I think much of the time as it relates to fitness and what you and I both do, I think this oftentimes means not working out 10 hours a week when you haven't worked out in 10 years, right? So taking it, and you've had some great content about this, knowing your limits. And I think I'll never forget once my brother called, he was, he picked up running and he called me and he hadn't run in Lord knows how long. And he goes, I'm at mile five. I'm going to do five more. And I knew he hadn't run in, ages and you're like dude you ain't working out for the next six weeks <laughs> oh he, he blew out both hamstrings ah, like, he was like and so, it was delayed onset i'm sure right absolutely <laughs> so with exercise it's like no workout is worth tomorrow's workout so yeah. know your limits and, i mean you know you know i love that because i you know it's like reaching your max. Do you want to reach your max right now? Or do you, would you rather be consistent? And so I tell people, I'm like, work out five minutes a day. Cause you working out five minutes a day for 30 minutes every day is going to be far more beneficial than you haven't had working, worked out for three years. And then you try to work out for this for, for 30 minutes on a treadmill running a 5k every day. 
and then all of a sudden you're burned out because you don't know what consistency is. Like you have to build up the consistency over time to actually trust that you can do this, you know, 300 in 360 degrees. Okay. I have one final question for you and I'm so excited because then we're heading over to your podcast. So I want you all to know you got to go listen to Joe. You should go subscribe to his podcast anyway, but I'll tell you about that later. Um, what does it mean to trust and believe in who you are? I think, Sean, what it means to trust and believe in who you are, it's, it's appreciating what you have inside of you and the power, the power that you have inside of us. I think now as I, as I jump back into the trenches over the past couple of years, really working with a lot of people one-on-one, in the age of apps because a lot of my I trained people full-time for 12 years and I took a couple of years off and helped the business grow and then I came back and in that time the number of apps just exploded and I think people's trust and belief in themselves and what they're capable of is being outsourced in many cases to technology and and You've got something science versus self-reliance, which I love. And I think that self-reliance piece is trust and belief in ourselves. And when our first inclination, if someone says, I'm going to start, I know you intermittent fast. Someone says, you know, I'm going to start intermittent fasting. And it's like, well, what app can I get that can time it to make sure that I do this and that I, that I eat at the right window? It's where's your trust and belief? So it's another maximize versus optimize, but I think that we desperately need to get in touch. And um, I used to host retreats down in Costa Rica and Panama and Dominican Republic, and I used to take people's phone away. And it was for eight days. And this became our Runga events now. And when I would take people's phones away for a week, they would go through this really bizarre, like roller coaster of emotions. And for three days, they were anxious, scared, I'm just completely lost. And then somewhere around day four or five, they start to realize how much emotional space they have, how much mm. their stress, their stress is down. Mm. And when we create, I used to force people into self-reliance a little bit, but um, the more space we can create for that, the more that we can remember that we've got a hell of a lot inside of us. We are powerful. Your story about falling in love three steps is because you both were emitting you were both emitting incredible energies. And that is ultimately trust and belief. That wellness, that wellness is what's happening between our ears, behind our eyes. But when we're constantly outsourcing and we won't even drive to the grocery store without GPS, there's like a, we're slowly teaching ourselves that we can't trust and believe in ourselves. And I think that that's a slippery slope. So I think being you is how you trust and believe in yourself. You know, I normally would do another close, uh, but I'm going to leave it right there. Being you is trusting and believing in yourself. Joe, thank you so much for being on Trust and Believe, man. I appreciate it so much. Yeah, Sean, thank you so much for having me, man. Of course.